Today is July 12th, 2021. I'm not even sure where to begin. Normally I try to remain positive, but the bad news is coming in almost daily in the boxing world. It's hard to keep up. It's hard to uh, really put a positive light on this one, but I'm going to try. After an exceptionally strong first six months, we were well on our way to an all-time great year in the sport of boxing. Given the stubborn schedule that was laid out, there was really no doubt that 2021 was one for the history books. It was really a complete buffet of everything that makes this crazy sport so fun. We had everything. We had all women pay-per-view cards. We had fights that seemed like mismatches on paper that turned out to be spectacular. Like Andy Ruiz versus Chris Ariola. That whole card was fantastic. Really over-delivered. We have celebrity circus fights ranging from Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul to Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter. We had renewed rivalries like the war between Chocolatito and Juan Francisco Estrada, which somehow surpassed their first fight and is one of the top candidates for fight of the year. We had Oscar Valdez cement his legacy by brutally knocking out the junior lightweight king Miguel Burchell. Knockout of the year right there. We had insane upsets. Like when virtually unknown Mauricio Lara knocked out Josh Warrington. We had a tremendous undisputed title fight. Jamel Charlo, Brian Castaño put it all on the line. And my pick for fight of the year so far. We had guys taking major risks, jumping up in weight, like Tank Davis versus Mario Barrios. And then just as the summer was about to heat up, Tiafimo Lopez was scheduled to defend his title against George Cambosos. Tiafimo comes down with COVID. Okay, fight gets postponed. Not so bad, right? It was a mandatory defense, but we wanted to see how he looked after the Lomachenko fight. But okay, okay, we still had a ton of fights that week. That was a loaded weekend. We had Jamal Charlo, we had Jaime Munguia, and we had the monster Unue headlining three separate entertaining cards that all delivered. So it was okay, we could we could deal with the Tiafimo news. Then the Tyson Fury, Joshua... Uh, Negotiations fell through because Deontay Wilder exercised his right for a third fight. That was supposed to take place in July. Then Tyson Fury allegedly catches COVID. Postpones that trilogy. Now we got to wait till the fall. Okay, that sucks. But hey, look at the bright side. At least it's not completely off. At least it's pushed back, right? Just delayed. Okay, okay. Now Canelo versus Caleb Plant. Talks are heating up. Undisputed championship. Best versus the best. Let's do this. All of a sudden, the talks are dead. Canelo isn't satisfied with the terms, walks away from the fight. No fight. Okay, this is really starting to sting now. 
But there's one saving grace. It's still upon us, less than two weeks away. The mega fight of the summer. Two different eras. Clashing for supremacy. Huge implications. A prime undefeated star on the rise, Earl Spence Jr. Versus a bona fide legend. The people's champion, Manny Pacquiao. After watching the Fox hype, I saw these guys go face-to-face in a press conference. The hype is upon us. It's really about to happen. Then suddenly it hits. Like a car wreck. Completely gutting fans everywhere. The fight is off. This time it's not COVID. It's a torn retina for Earl Spence. Our promising summer dumped in the trash. It's over. There's no saving it now. It's officially dead in the ocean. And that's not water in the ocean. That's the tears of not only me, (laughs) but boxing fans around the world. As we all let out one final cry in unison. We don't deserve this. (laughs) That's really how it felt. That's the best I can summarize it. It was truly devastating as far as sports fans go. I mean, it's not a life-changing event. As dramatic as I made it sound, but it really does suck. And it really fuels the naysayers of the sport that that love to say, oh, boxing's dying. And they look at stuff like this and they say, what a joke. All these fights announced... None of it happened, at least not yet. But what's lost in all this is not just the cancellation of a fight, but Earl Spence's career. Because retina damage is nothing to be played with, as Sugar Ray Robinson, excuse me, as Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, who was out of the sport for many years because of retinal problems. Um, ask Abner Mares, who was ready to fight Tank Davis, had the eye injury, thought he was going to be okay, go through it. And the man hasn't fought since. And he has permanent damage to his eye. You can visibly see it. It is no joke. It's nothing to be taken lightly. Um, for anyone out there trolling online and, and doubting that this is legit, I mean, come on. This isn't saying you had COVID and going, hanging around Vegas taking pictures with fans, going to car dealerships, going to casinos like Tyson Fury did. No, this is a man who was at the top of his game, came back from a car crash, didn't take a tune-up, went right in there with Danny Garcia, and then was ready to fight Manny Pacquiao in a huge fight. Something that would have put his name at a different level if he were to beat Manny Pacquiao. And his dream was just crushed because of an injury had to have immediate surgery and I think I speak for everyone when I say we hope Errol Spence gets better soon and can be in the ring ASAP as far as Manny Pacquiao he is still fighting on August 21st he is fighting your Dennis Ugas which is a great fight but It just isn't the same when it was originally announced to be Earl Spence 
and now it's Ugas. If it was Ugas versus Pacquiao announced earlier this year, I would have said that's an amazing fight. Such a good fight. Can't wait to see it. But the fact that it was supposed to be Spence and now it isn't really, really takes it away from it and really hurts it in my opinion. I just hope we can uh, get over it and move on to the fight. But it's a great spot for Ugas. Um, if you know anything about Ugas, you know he's been grinding his whole life. Cuban fighter. Started his career 15-3. and three, Took two years off the sport. Worked on his craft. Came back way better. And has only lost once since then. And that was to Sean Porter. And if you watch that fight... That was a very close fight. I personally had Urus Landy. I mean, excuse me, Urus Landy Lara. I personally had Yordanas Ugas beating Sean Porter. Definitely go back and watch that fight. I believe it's on YouTube, the whole fight. Um, you tell me what you thought. It was really close. Great action. I thought Ugas edged it. But the judges gave it to Porter in a split decision. So if you look at uh, give me one second. Looking at Ugas' record, he is 26 and 4. In my book, you ask me, he's 27 and 3. So, guy was 15 and 3, took two years away from the sport, went on a run. And the only blemish is Sean Porter. Beat Omar Figueroa, convincingly beat the hell out of him, actually. Gave him his first loss. TKO uh, Ray Robinson, not Sugar Ray Robinson, but the Ray Robinson, the new Ray Robinson. Uh, beat Thomas DeLorme, who's a very hard-hitting Puerto Rican. And also beat Jamal James. And Jamal James, is, that was in 2016. Jamal James hasn't lost since. So that just shows you the type of class that Ugas is. Um, Well-deserving of the fight with Manny Pacquiao. There's also a little backstory to this fight. When Manny Pacquiao beat Keith Thurman, he became champion. He became WBA welterweight champion. Manny Pacquiao has not fought since the Thurman fight. So the WBA, as corrupt as they are, stripped Manny Pacquiao due to inactivity. They stripped him and made the WBA title vacant. So when Ugas fought Abel Ramos, the, the title was on the line. Ugas won it. They named Ugas the champion. And Manny Pacquiao decided to, um, to file a claim to get his title back. And the WBA said, no, Ugas is our champion now. You were inactive. Even though Pacquiao said, hey. COVID-19 was going on. I'm in another country. That's a valid excuse. The WBA said no. So the Errol Spence fight wasn't going to be for the WBA championship. It was going to be for Errol's IBF and WBC championship. So kind of ironic that now, after Errol Spence has an injury, Ugas was going to be on the undercard. Ugas' opponent also had an injury. So Ugas steps in, him versus Manny Pacquiao, to see who the real WBA champion is. So that's a little 
cool storyline to go for the fight. But like I said, it just it's hard to to love this fight as much because of what we originally had. I would compare it to like when you're a kid going to the local fair. I mean, that's really fun. I liked going to the local fair when I was a kid. Going a few rides, get some fried dough, get tickets, get the uh throw things at the balloon, throw darts at the balloon. You know, try and win some prizes with your tickets. That's cool. It's fun. But Universal Studios is magical. So when your parents tell you, hey, we're going to Universal Studios. We're going to Disney World and Universal. You go, oh my God, this is amazing. And then they say, oh, actually, we're just going to the local fair. You're going to be let down. That's how it was with Earl Spence and Manny Pacquiao. Earl Spence and Manny Pacquiao was magical. Was historic. Could have been legendary. The fear. The Ugas fight. Is awesome. It's a good fight. But we see awesome every year. You see the fear every year. Universal. Is magic. It doesn't come around every year. Once in a while. Maybe once ever. We no longer get that magical experience. We were robbed of that magical experience. So I just want to... Importantly... Give give credit to Manny Pacquiao. Because... He doesn't even need to do this. That's the crazy thing. This guy's in his 40s. He's given us everything. Eight division world champion. Countless epic fights come back from devastating losses. Keeps coming back for the love of the sport. This guy could have taken easy fights against Conor McGregor for a boatload of money. Could have fought Mikey Garcia, which would have been another easy fight for him, in my opinion, for a boatload of money. This dude said no. You know what? I want to fight the top guy in the division. Who is it? I think it's Earl Spence. Give me him. Let's do this. Let's go out with a bang. That is incredible. That is historic. And that should be commended. Because this could be the last fight we ever see Manny Pacquiao in. And he was ready to go up against the best guy there. That is not something we see often. I love Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather is my favorite. Floyd Mayweather is the best ever. In my opinion. Floyd Mayweather is not doing that. Not many people are. Manny Pacquiao is built different. And I was I was more than ready to come on this podcast and tell you guys. Manny Pacquiao was going to beat Errol Spence. That's how the way I saw it. Styles make fights. Manny Pacquiao has faster hands. Manny Pacquiao has faster feet. Manny Pacquiao has more experience. Manny Pacquiao has never lost to a guy that much taller than him. Look at the guys who are taller than him. Yeah, a few guys are a little bit taller than Manny uh, Floyd is a little bit taller than him. I'm talking about guys that had a significant height advantage over Manny Pacquiao. That put them at a disadvantage. Because Manny Pacquiao isn't standing in front of you. Manny Pacquiao isn't stationary. Manny Pacquiao is bouncing around. Different angles, 
throwing combinations. I thought that would be very difficult for Earl Spence to deal with because Earl Spence isn't a mauler like Jeff Horn, who made it very difficult for Manny Pacquiao. He's more of a well-rounded, take what they give you. With Mikey Garcia, he could have easily pressed the action, dominated him. But Earl Spence chose to show his skills and outbox Mikey Garcia. He proved a point. He said, okay, this is the smaller guy. Everyone thinks I'm just going to dominate him and knock him out. And then they're going to be mad that I knocked out a smaller guy. No, I'm going to show him. I don't need to knock him out. I'm going to outskill him. I'm going to keep him at bay with a jab all night. Jab him to death. That's what he did to Mikey Garcia. I believe, this is just my opinion, he was going to try to do that with Manny Pacquiao. I don't think that would have worked. I think Manny Pacquiao is way different than Mikey Garcia. Way faster. Way more bouncing on his, way more on his toes. Mikey Garcia was pretty flat-footed. I don't think Earl would have won that game plan, but maybe Earl Spence is a great adjuster. He could have adjusted later in the fight, and it could have been differently. But I was ready to pick Manny Pacquiao. This Ugas fight, honestly, is a little bit different because it's a completely different style. Uh, Ugas is a really good technician. Um, throws vicious body shots, much like Earl Spence. But Earl Spence is uh, would have to be reaching a little bit with those long arms for Manny Pacquiao. I think Ugas is more compact, more inside. And I think Manny will probably fight more reckless against Ugas than he would have against Earl Spence. I don't think he would have taken as many risks with Earl Spence as he will with Ugas. So it's really hard for me to call. Um, Ugas is very confident. That's one thing about that guy. He's super, super confident. He believes he's the best in the division. He believes he beat Sean Porter. I believe he beat Sean Porter. So I really don't know what to expect with this fight. I just know it's going to be a great fight. You just got to try and forget about how big the event was supposed to be. As sad as it is to say. And just focus on the fight that we're getting. And that is Ugas and and Pacquiao. And um, I believe it will deliver. This could very well be Manny Pacquiao's final fight of his career. I know he wants to be the president of the Philippines. I believe that election is in May. So if he, get, if he begins the campaign after this for the rest of the year leading into the, the election and say he wins uh, and becomes president of the Philippines, it's really hard to imagine him fighting again. But like I said earlier, he is built differently. <laughs> this is Manny Pacquiao. He is one of a kind. He may fight as a president. Think about that. But I just really hope we didn't get robbed of what could have been. But it does seem like there is no chance that we ever see Earl Spence versus Manny Pacquiao based on Pacquiao's political obligations, his age, and also Errol Spence's injury, which people are kind of not really talking about the significance of that on the rest of his career, mentally and physically. Before I let you guys go, I kind of want to just go through uh, the state of boxing real quick. As I talked about earlier this summer, is pretty much trashed as far as what we were expecting. But the year as a whole can still be saved, I believe. And here's how. Pacquiao versus Ugas. 
must deliver. Has to be a good fight. Has to kind of get people to forget a little bit about the event that was supposed to be there. And also, I think this weekend's fights are very important. They need to deliver as well because the time we're in now, everything's so fast-paced, everything's moving, there's news constantly with social media and everything. I think this weekend needs to be lights out. That's step one into saving the year. We have great fights. ESPN, DAZN, and Showtime, three different cards, and they can all potentially deliver fireworks. ESPN, I think, is the weakest card of the three, but still a solid fight. Super flyweights, Joshua Franco versus Andrew Maloney, the third fight. Uh, Their first fight was a war. Maloney won it. The second fight was stopped in, like, the third round. Uh, There was an accidental head clash. Franco's eye was injured. He couldn't continue. That should be a good fight. That's main eventing on ESPN. I believe it starts at 8 p.m. And one fighter to look for, look at on that card is Nico Ali, grandson of Muhammad Ali, making his debut. That's someone to watch out for. Uh, he's a cruiserweight. I'm interested in how he looks. And then over on the zone, I think that also starts at 8 o'clock, same time as ESPN. Virgil Ortiz Jr., one of the fastest rising stars in the sport. 17-0, 17 knockouts. Fighting in the welterweight division, he's fighting uh, Kavalaskis, a.k.a. Mean Machine, who is 22-1-1 with 18 KOs. Most famously, his last fight was against Terrence Crawford. He dropped Crawford. Referee didn't call it a drop, but YouTube it, Google it, whatever you got to do. Mean Machine dropped Terrence Crawford. So I think that's a really good fight. Good test for Ortiz. See how he can do against the guy that gave Crawford some problems. And that'll kind of show us where he lands in that welterweight division. The co-main for that that fight is also very good. Uh, Roger Gutierrez versus Rene Alvarado. Junior lightweights. That's like a 50-50 type fight. That should be an interesting matchup. And then on Showtime, to me, this is the best card of the weekend. Starts at 10 p.m., so it should be after the other fights. Shouldn't miss anything here. Uh, Guillermo Rigondeaux versus John Riel Casamero. Great fight. Bantamweights. This is going to be all action. This will definitely, well, I can't say definitely. This will, in my opinion, be the fight of the weekend. Must-watch TV. Rigondeaux, two-time Olympic gold medalist. One of the most technically sound boxers ever. Great run in the lightweights. Um, His only loss is to Lomachenko, and that was him moving up to fight Lomachenko. Lomachenko absolutely dominated him. Since that fight, Rigondeau has kind of, I don't know what, if it was like a life-changing decision or what, completely revamped his style to a more fan-friendly and just I don't give an F type of mentality this guy and and he's also older he's 40 years old now he has just completely abandoned his like slickness i mean he's still slick but he used to go out there and try to outclass you now he's just going out there and trying to whoop dude's ass straight up the dude is just standing in front of you willing to trade looking for a knockout doesn't care if he gets knocked out hasn't been hurt yet um like i said his only loss was to lomachenko 
but he's going against Casemiro. Casemiro is on fire, seven straight knockouts, and he talks all the shit. He is a uh, he looks like a younger Pacquiao. Honestly, he's also Filipino. This should be a great fight. Definitely got to watch that on Showtime. And on that co-main is another banger: Gary Antonio Russell, brother of Gary Russell Jr. versus Emmanuel Rodriguez. That is a fight in the same weight class as as Rigondeaux and Casemiro. The winner of that could fight the winner of the main event. That's a really good fight. This is the toughest test for Gary Antonio Russell. So I'm really interested in that. This weekend has great fights. So I think this weekend needs to deliver in order to save the boxing year. This weekend must deliver. Pacquiao Ugas must deliver. That's that's just to get it started. Then the circus fights um, like Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley. That's got to deliver. Say what you want about these fights. Say it's a joke, whatever. It brings eyes to the sport. It makes for those viral moments. And they're if they can be fun fights, there's nothing wrong with that. Getting more people to watch the sport. And then they're loading these undercards with real fighters. So I like that. That's got to deliver. So does Oscar De La Hoya versus Vitor Belfort. That's got to deliver. Like, this stuff has to actually... You can't make a mockery out of the sport. You got to actually deliver and put on good fights with that, which I think personally Jake Paul actually does. Jake Paul talks a lot of shit, backs it up, knocks out these wannabe boxers. He hasn't challenged any real boxers for a reason because he's not dumb. He's saying, I can knock out these non boxers as I'm getting better, as I'm learning, as I'm gaining experience. He's very smart. So, those circus fight type things, they got to deliver. Okay, then on September 11th, actually, I believe it got changed to September 18th because Canelo Alvarez's date is open now. That's usually reserved for him. That's Mexican Independence Day, but it's a huge date for the sport of boxing. So on that date, Stephen Fulton versus Brandon Figueroa, absolute great fight. That has to deliver, which I think it will. Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk, that fight's official. That fight has to deliver, which I think that will. Wilder Fury 3. Still happening, folks. It's not gone. It's still scheduled to take place in October. That fight has to deliver, which I think that will. Lomachenko versus uh, Richard Comey. I believe that's official for December. That's a great matchup. Another one that isn't official, but it's been being talked about. This needs to happen in order to save the rest of the year. Terrence Crawford versus Sean Porter. Must happen to save this year. Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant, undisputed, must happen. I know they stopped talking, it fell through, then Canelo moved on to Dimitri Bivol. Bivol agreed to a catchweight. For some reason, Canelo didn't want to do that either, but now they're back in talks with Caleb Plant for uh, November. So make the fight happen. Let's go. Let's get, this, let's get this show on the road. Make that fight happen. David Benavidez just caught COVID. His fight got, de- got delayed. Maybe don't even fight uh, Uskadegui. Uskadegi is a solid opponent. I had no problem with it. But come back and fight a better opponent. You want to save face. You want to make uh, the rest of the year as blockbuster as you possibly can. Get in there with a Charlo. Get in there with someone else. Get a better opponent for David Benavides. But David Benavides must fight by the end of this year to save this year. Another fight. Brian Castaño versus Jamel Charlo. If the rematch happens, make it happen this year. Let's go. Let's stack the end of this year and make up for the summer. Get that rematch happening. Chocolatito versus Estrada, part three. Like I said earlier in this podcast, their second fight, which happened earlier this year, 
one of the best fights of the year. If they can fight a third time and it be this year, that would be a great cap to the end of the year. Inouye Donare, I think that's not really likely to happen. But if if the monster Inouye, Inouye excuse me, versus Nonito Denaire, if they can have their rematch this year, fireworks. Um, Mauricio Lara, the guy who upset Josh Warrington, knocked him out. I believe they're fighting again this year. That's another fight to look forward to. Shakur Stevenson, Jermel Herring. That fight got made official this this year. That's in October. October 23rd. That must deliver. And then also, these three guys must return to the sport. They've been gone far too long. We need the stars active. Triple G, Tiafimo Lopez, Keith Thurman. Get back in the ring this year. Please. The year needs it. Especially after this debacle this summer. If all those things happen... Well, not all those things. If most of those things happen, and most of those fights are official. So if we can just deliver, and these don't get postponed, don't get canceled, we could save this year, and it could still be a great year. The first half was amazing. This summer has been full of announcements with no action. Let's let's kill the end of the year. Let's have an amazing year. And that's it. There'll be no complaints from me. But it's got to start this weekend. ESPN, DAZN, and Fox. Best card is on Showtime. <clears throat> Excuse me, not Fox. Showtime. Best card is on Showtime. Rigandau versus Casamero. That's a must-see. Have a great weekend. I'm out.